Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Please join me in welcoming today our very special guest, someone who I have gone to summits for and follow every day uh, her various emails and Love, love this person. Our leadership com, uh, guru today is none other than Alina Gomez Rodriguez. Let me just tell you a little bit about Alina. She is a professional coach, expatriate, former corporate HR leader, and a proud mom, probably her most favorite thing, and wife. Having personal experiences with overcoming the shocks of challenges of living and working abroad for over 15 years, Alina's passionate about helping professional expat women thrive abroad. Alina, communication, effectiveness, trauma-informed healing modalities, and she's currently training for mental health fitness certification, which I can't wait to hear more about. Coupled with her 10 years of corporate expat track and her HR leadership career, she's uniquely positioned to support expat tra- women to transform the struggle, the burnout, the depression, and achieving success and having a blast at doing it. Alina is a raving fan of the Montessori education, a humble student of Ashtanga yoga, which you're going to have to talk to me about, and chai tea, yadik. Yeah, I love chai tea. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Alina Gomez Rodriguez. Alina, hi. Hi, Vicky. Thank you for having me. So nice to be with you, ladies. (laughs) Awesome. So I always try to start out our interview with a simple question an icebreaker if you will just tell me what country do you call home well that's a nice icebreaker but if you ask an expatriate it's quite a loaded question (laughs) I know I know so for me I have two homes my old home is Czech Republic where I grew up and I spent all my childhood in but then my new home is where my new family is, my husband and my daughter, and we live in Paris for the last six years. Yeah, so two homes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what other countries have you been in with your expat career? <laughs> oh, yeah, many. And I learned all the languages in those countries as well, by the way. I love it. I, I love being an expatriate. So I started in Latvia, which is the Baltics, the north of Europe. Uh, then I went to Belgium. If you know about chocolates and diamonds, that's the best place to go. <laughs> then I went to Shanghai in China. That was probably the most tough experience. And from there, I had the chance to go. I could choose if I would go to New York or Paris, and I chose Paris. And I'm, yeah, I'm happy I did. 
Oh, my goodness. And it's interesting, you know, in these kind of crazy times we are. So you were in Paris at the start of the pandemic and through um, how has that impacted the stress level of everything else you have being a mom in uh, a different country with all that going on? Yeah, I think the pandemic was and has been tough on everybody, no matter where you are, because uh, it was kind of crazy everywhere. You had to shift completely in how you used to work and live. It was tough not to be able to uh, connect with the family, not to be able to travel back home. But at the same time, we were already used to communicating through video and all these different like communication apps. So I was happy the pandemic came at times when the technology is advanced enough and my dad <laughs> is advanced enough to use it anyway. <laughs> That's so, true. so for us, apart from not being able to go home for, um, for summer break, it was actually not much changed from that perspective. Yeah. How old's your daughter? She's four and a half now. Uh, very good. So you're used to having her around all the time. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So our theme is what happens when you stop caring about what others think of you. And I know you have a recent story to tell us about that. When we look at your beautiful face. <laughs> and my hair or light yes. off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you used to have hair longer than mine really. So that um, really makes me think there has to be a story behind it. And I really would love you to share it with our audience. Yeah, thank you. So everybody if, and who can or cannot see me, it's the short hair or a bus cut. It's, it's not because I'm sick, but it was my choice. And it's indeed tied up with, uh, with my next level breakthrough and development and self-awareness. And it's basically the story of my life. And I think many of you can uh, identify here. I grew up being the good girl. And though my parents and especially my mom, they loved me, they would do anything for me and I knew it. Uh, but the love was uh, a bit conditional. <laughs> I felt I had to constantly push or I was, I was rewarded for constantly pushing, trying to do better and better and always the best and living in the constant comparison and feeling like I have to deserve the approval and I have to prove that I'm good enough. So that was my good girl syndrome and the high achiever coping strategy, which I struggled with later on, because on one hand, it got me where I was, and I was able to tick off all those boxes of successful career, great education, then later on found the, the man of my dreams and, and I became a mom. I started my own business. So I jumped the corporate ship and started my own successful business. So it got me where I wanted to go, this like high achiever pusher. But at the same time, I was burning out and I was becoming the stressed mom. And I was stressed and depressed at the same time. Like there's so much to do. And still I was bored and I was like, where is the fun? Like, is that all there is? And then yeah. with COVID even more. So I had to do a lot of work on myself as well. I thought like I had it all figured out because yeah, I was the corporate human resources director. I did all the leadership trainings. I was the one giving the trainings to the <laughs> leaders and managers. Like how come I didn't have it figured out for myself? 
So a lot of healing, a lot of my own process. And then uh, the how it links to my hair is actually that this Christmas I realized I did so much of it. I removed so many blocks and like things that were hindering me. I was, I realized I was no longer concerned about being likable and having to prove something to somebody, which was the first time in my life I realized like, wow, it's gone. I'm free. Now I can do what I want. (laughs) And the first thing I did was that I shaved my head. So I was like, I don't need to keep my hair just for people to like me, just not to stir the pot too much and bring up other people's beliefs (laughs) and how they think a woman should look like. So I just cut it off. And I donated it to uh, to an organization doing wigs for cancer patients. That's because that's link that links with my mom's story. Mm. She had a cancer, and I was shaving her head when uh, after the first chemo. So for me, this was like this symbolic: the circle is complete, it's healed, and I don't have to do the same stuff to my daughter (laughs) and make her go through the same pain. So I was like, (laughs) I'm free. Wow couple of things come to mind as I was listening to you. First of all, it's so important that you believe truly in yourself and, and you can't achieve everything you need to do because people won't believe in you until, you know, they see that you really are passionate about what you believe in. And that's fantastic. The other thing is that um, to just a, a lot of folks have to, to wait till they're 50 and 60 to get to that realization that they don't care about what other people think anymore. I know for myself, even as a manager in corporate for so many years, I struggle to always try to be like the guys, you know, to be that, that type of manager, that type of whatnot. And it wasn't until I got to be 50 and figured I, I'm not climbing any longer this ladder. I'm looking now at the door to retire. So I'm just going to lead the way my gut, my heart says. And it changed the trajectory. Absolutely. But at the same time, I also think it's so sad. Like I had exactly the same vision for me. Like I thought I will get there when I'm 80. <laughs> when you're 80 everybody is writing you off anyway so nobody cares about what kind of hair how you look like because you're done and you don't you don't need to climb any letters but then I realized I'm going to turn 40 this year and I was like I'm not going to wait for another half of my life to feel that way this is ridiculous Mm -hmm. no I mean it it is so true because the journey is really where you get all the joy in life and if if you hamper that if you close in then all of that goes away but all of a sudden you open up all of these doors of possibilities because of your attitude and this is where I need exactly that you need to do the inner work because I was busy looking outside for the strategies like people who made it so when I was a corporate I was looking for like how to manage the politics and how to have people like me and so that I can get better jobs and I can learn (laughs) when I wanted to jump out and start my own business I was looking at well how do you start a business and looking for strategies always out there learning from others but the challenge is you at the same time you have to start working with your inner setup 
all those voices in your head that judge that harsh inner critic that perfectionist that drives you to uh keep pushing until you're like dead on the floor mm-hmm. you need to work with those because no outside strategy is going to give you the confidence and remove the blocks actually you are essentially confident mm-hmm. you have unique strengths and you have a light to shine and i really believe that that everybody does we are mm-hmm. all unique Because it's through our life experiences and through our natural talents, each of us has something to bring to this world. You already have the light. You don't need to look for it. You just need to uncover what's been blocking it. You don't need to add anything on. You just have to let go. And nobody outside will tell you how to do it or what to do. That's the inner work you have to get done. Yeah. And I think the next piece is that when you have that self-discovery, when you give yourself permission to not be perfect, to to learn as you fail and take things a little steps at a time, that's when you truly will believe that it's true. Absolutely. But how do you do that? Because we all know we should do that huh? and just be confident and fake it till you make it and all this <laughs> advice. But how do you do that if you have a voice in your head who's mm-hmm. constantly like killing you for every little mistake you do so that then your confidence is like on the floor. So that's the work that uh, where it needs to start and you will not find those answers outside. And it's not easy, right? I know. This is the most curious <laughs> because there's the fear of the fear of everything, the fear of not being loved, of being rejected, uh, of being cast out. And that goes against our basic survival instincts. This is development mm-hmm. psychology 101. So this is the most scary work you will ever have to do in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, as a mom too, you have a, the little person looking and mimicking, mirroring everything that you do. And I think that's the blessing. If you are Mm -hmm. a parent, your child, like you're not the puppet master. You're not the one who knows everything. And I'm going to teach you my child. I take my role as a mom as actually, or in a relationship with my daughter is that she's my teacher because she shows me exactly where I still need to learn. Anytime she triggers me when I feel like she's making me upset and where I would previously blow up. Now I don't do it that often. I just like catch it rising in me and I'm like, okay, this is the next stuff I need to get done (laughs) because she managed to find another button that she can push Mm -hmm. and it's not her fault. She's just like smart observant child. That's like trying mommy, how are you going to react? And she's very good at knowing where exactly, Mm -hmm. but this is, the this is the like ninja black belt for all (laughs) for for all your self-development like do you want to know where you need to work like just see how you react with your child yeah (laughs) they will tell you they will show you absolutely i'm getting that now second round with grandkids oh yeah (laughs) but there you have to be the spoiling grandma that's sweet (laughs) well that is true that is true All right. You told us a little bit about your background, but um, how was that journey from the corporate world to going out on your own? We talked about fear and courage. I, I know that having done it myself, there is that piece that you really do have. Even when you're walking out the door, sign the paper, there is that question did I do the right thing talk about that a little bit 
Yeah, that was very funny. And for me, it came in two stages because I decided to leave when I hit the ceiling, kind of. So I was the youngest one among like my peers were all 15, 20 years older. And I started feeling that I, I, I felt I didn't belong. And they were making me feel it. <laughs> my, the, the business leaders who I was supporting as their HR, they were giving me great feedback. That's why I got where I was. And I knew that what I was doing was working, but I felt like I was not getting anywhere further. And it was getting more and more difficult every day because I felt like my older, more experienced colleagues were extremely jealous and they felt threatened by me. So I didn't feel comfortable in that team. And uh, I saw the difference in how I was treated. I knew the difference in how I was paid. And I was like, this is not a place where I want to spend the next 5, 10, 15 years of my Mm. life because it's going to suck the energy out of me. Mm. And I knew also that at the time that the part that I loved most about my job was coaching, was helping people grow. I saw their potential. And I saw how they were getting stuck, even mm. when they didn't see it. And I was like, let me help. And I, this was the part that I loved the most. And I didn't have enough time in my role to do that. So I got certified as a coach. I started coaching practice on the side. So while I had my corporate job, I told everybody, that's what I'm doing. I'm starting my own business at my own time, evenings, nights, weekends. Don't worry, mm. job. I will still take care of you. But by the way, at the same time, I'm starting my private practice. So that's how I, and I think it's smart to start in parallel. And especially if you want to go into something like coaching or helping people through like digital ways and and service that's not tangible, that you're not selling any tangible stuff because um, there's so much (laughs) of these services out there. And -hmm. if you start freaking out and getting short on cash, like people will feel that you're desperate and you will not be able to sell anything. So Mm -hmm. I think it's smart strategy to start building it in parallel while you still keep your job. And at the point when I felt like I was ready to make the jump, so my business was starting very well and I was getting more and more depressed and frustrated and burned out at my corporate job, I signed my papers. And then just uh, two months later, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, well, this is perfect. (laughs) I would have done it anyway, because as a mom, being stuck in a corporate job, having to travel and fly around the world so much, like there's no way I'd like to do that anyway. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this was meant to be. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. All right. You talk about the roots of your confidence go deeper than you think or than we think. And it's important to start peeling the layers and to discover who you truly are. Can you share some examples of this with you and also with your clients? You you talked about going into business and getting those clients. Um, How do you help them come out the other side? Yeah, this is very good question and it's important point let me see from which angle I will take it because there are many ways how you can get to the core I think the best will be to share the example indeed the last one the last client I worked with super smart and he she was actually in similar position that I am she still has a corporate job she would love to be a coach uh, but she like her self-confidence because she never she's just getting her certification now and she was she she has been burning out 
<laughs> because she's trying to do it all at the same time, having the job, trying to do the certifications and the practice session with clients for free. And she's just like, <sighs> so just the session we did last week was a complete eye opener to her because she had to peel the layers mm. and work with those voices in her head that were telling her that she had to work like super hard and have no time no downtime in order to achieve because she was also coming from like eastern european country there's the culture that the parents have like you need to work super hard since you're a very small kid so that you have perfect grades you get great you know, opportunities to go and study at the university and just that mindset it gets stuck with you mm-hmm. and you internalize the voice of your parents and it it doesn't let you stop and she was proud of it Like I mentioned earlier, she was proud of it that she's such a pusher and she can get so much done, uh, but she didn't know how to balance the the part Mm -hmm. that she's burning out. So only when we got down to the layer of the inner child, basically, it's the inner child that was stuck there with the belief, I have to work hard to deserve success. So we had to change that core belief. Because it was impacting everything she was doing, mm-hmm. including her coaching self-confidence. So only when that got released, she relaxed and she's now able to find a ways how to still be productive and effective and, and manage it all, like all those multiple projects and pieces in the air. But she also allows finally herself that, that self-care, the downtime mm-hmm. where she can recharge back. So... Uh, And this is what I love about what I'm doing because it's different than, and you have to watch out when you're looking for help Mm. because there's on one side, there's coaching that's forward looking. And it's, if there's an obstacle, well, let's find a way how to walk around it or jump through (laughs) it and just let's, let's ignore it's never there. Or if you don't (laughs) think about it, just positive affirmations on your mirror, let's go. You can do it. Then on the other extreme, there's a therapy. That makes you that if my client would go there, she would have to spend months and months talking about what a terrible mom she had and how frustrated she was writing that homework until midnight every day and like how she suffered and you bad mom, you gave this to me, it's all your fault and months and months just being re-traumatized. So if you need help with this kind of stuff, like how do you, where do you go? So this is what I do. I combine the power of the therapy, but in one session, I can drill down and I call it, it's a little bit scary. I call it like a subconscious mind surgery. I take my scalpel, (laughs) I go down, I help you get it out, heal it so that then we can continue with the coaching and we can continue on the way forward without getting all like, oh, I'm the victim and for me in the past. Yeah. So be very careful when you're looking for help so that you get the right kind of help and you don't get stuck in the avoidance or in the victim stage. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're too much on that side where they're not doing that surgery, that time that it takes for them to get that self-discovery could really hamper your success, your confidence, everything. Yeah. Because if we talk about the confidence, like you can have the confidence coaches who will be telling you like all those positive affirmations and practice your power stance and Tony Robbins and all of this kind of stuff. And it does work unless 
you have some blocks there from your past, which most of us do. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you had to go through like serious trauma of, of physical or sexual violence. That's not just the trauma thing. Like most of us, there are studies that 90% of adult population around the world has gone through some traumatic experience in their childhood. And it still impacts you today, especially yeah. if you're not aware that you had it. If you're thinking like me, I used to have a happy childhood. My parents loved me. I was in full family. We never like starved or be homeless. <laughs> like I have nothing to complain about. But there were some things I had to clean up in order to move Mm. forward because otherwise they will keep coming back like you're wondering how come I'm stuck in this pattern or with this kind of person like I keep getting into the same shitty excuse my language situation over and over what's wrong with me and then you think that there's something wrong with you right I can't do this and you're confident like plunges because (laughs) it's my fault and I just keep attracting this thing and I cannot I will never get this done it's not possible for me I have to stay stuck where I am because that's just life let's make peace with it no it's not yeah Yeah. so many of us are trying to be people pleasers and that keeps us from really peeling those layers the people pleasing is uh is actually smart strategy again it goes back to your childhood it's a smart strategy on how to be attached to other people because when you're a baby you cannot take care of yourself. So this is mm-hmm. survival human strategy that all of us have. Like mm-hmm. be likable so that people who have to take care of you, like your parents, your mom, they will take care of you. It's not useful to keep that strategy with you in your pocket when you're an adult because it mm-hmm. makes you dependent and it makes you stuck. You're a prisoner of that. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly the work you need to do to get out of that wow. prison. Yeah. So how I got to know you was through YouTube and then some subscribing and things. Talk about your YouTube channel, the Corporate Expat Mom. I'm sure there's going to be some folks out there that are either expats now or have a desire to do that, you know, the people in the corporate world. So how did that all get started? I know you said your husband is the the person who has... Um, made that happen for you. But just talk about that a little bit and what you talk about on that YouTube channel. Yeah, so the YouTube channel is actually a follow-up from the work that I was doing before, which is two years of Zen Supermom. That's the brand and that's also, uh, that was a website. Um, And that's where I, I realized that I enjoy most doing videos, that I love sharing contents through just When I feel inspired, I just turn on the camera, I talk to the camera, I record it, and then I post it. So to make it available for everybody, uh, I put it on a YouTube channel. And the corporate expat turn or zoom in just came over time when I realized, well, there are so many moms I could be helping with so many things, but who I know in the most intimate way is actually who I am. And that's the expatriate Mm -hmm. mom. Because there's even, like the pressure is, on even heavier because you have to do it all with even less support there's even more judgment coming from all sides from from the new location where you are but also from people back home family and friends because they don't they don't understand like why would you leave everything behind and change countries so the challenges are even worse for expat moms and that's why I, I turned for that yeah yeah especially that's different culture different language 
And, you know, especially if, if you're a, a, a woman and your husband or your partner is the one that's going out and being engaging in that new business or, or world that they're in and you're on your own sort of. Yeah, well, that's the thing of, um, of having your own business from jumping the corporate ship. There are lots of people and I have lots of colleagues still back at the company who don't want to start their own business, even though it would be their passion and their mission because they don't want to do it alone. Mm. Uh, because becoming a solopreneur at the beginning, because that's where you need to start. It's just you. <laughs> you're the CEO, but you're also the, doing everything else. Mm-hmm. It's a lonely place to start with. So you have to be ready for that. Yeah, it, it's one of the challenges that comes with it. So what are three pieces of advice that you would or you wished that you knew 10 years or so ago, maybe maybe for you 20 years ago? Yeah, that's a good question. But on the other hand, I'm not sure I would have listened to myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's all the that's the problem with well-meant advice of the elders. (laughs) because they give the advice from a different place so I think all I needed at that time was just um, to trust more trust myself more but I would have had no idea what that meant back then so I don't think it would be of any use (laughs) so So yeah so if you think about it though as I talked to you uh, earlier about the joy of the journey and do you think that you would have changed anything that you've done? This is a great question. And I love to have this opportunity to talk about it because I wouldn't have changed a thing. And I made so many mistakes and it took me such a long time, even like to find my husband. I found him only when I was 34. <laughs> and I was like, all of my family already screaming, like you're getting late and your biological clock is ticking and you're so career ambitious, silly girl, like get married and have kids and ah, <laughs> all that pressure. Uh, but I, I wouldn't have changed the thing because I believe for everybody, like, your life is a perfectly written novel and each piece counts not only because it took you where you are today but but because it gave you the skills it shaped you in who you are today and you are uniquely positioned to help somebody else or inspire somebody else with your example so i wouldn't have changed a thing and i mean it yeah fantastic all right so talk to us a little bit about the um, why you'd love Montessori education. I'm assuming of, that's for your child that you have that. Uh, I know we have that here in the States. But talk about Montessori a little bit to kind of give those moms out there some insights as to what that, uh, that brings to your child's development. Hmm, that's a great topic. I I cannot say I'm a Montessori mom because I don't follow like 100%, but I take a lot. I learned a lot with Montessori approach. What I love the most about it is the the attitude again, the mindset that you are not here to be to tell your child what to do. <laughs> like you will be the little me <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. But you are the guide. So you do set up The environment, and especially in Montessori uh, education, it's important for 
for parents to be aware of how they are prepared and how they prepare the home because that's the key for success and then once you set up these borders and the environment then you let the child be because they can do what they love doing Mm -hmm. and it's that's how it works at home and that's how it works at school as well so my daughter she's four and a half now so she's in a preschool and they call it maternelle here and the comparison is just day and night I know that the classic preschool would be just full of toys like plastic piles of toys and then yes at some point they would all start to sing and read some fairy tales but that's about it the education if I simplify Uh, but with Montessori what I love is that they start going into the topics that children are interested in like the other day they were talking about the space Mm -hmm. and who was interested they could explore more about the space my daughter she can already learn and write at this age and it's not because we are pushing her because we are ambitious parents but because she saw the older children already doing it so Mm -hmm. it's a class from three till six and the six years old are already reading and writing and she's curious naturally she's observant so she watched them and she learned by observing so those are all the the benefits and overall really the philosophy you follow your child and you naturally let them develop because that's their nature to love learning Mm-hmm. until some parent comes and tells them like starts threatening or <laughs> making them scared about why they need to love school so just trying to step back not to do any trauma on her <laughs> and let her develop her natural talents and um and passions and um, that's what Montessori helps us do so yeah. that's why I love it I see that my grandchildren are two and six and the two-year-old does everything that the six-year-old does from computers to whatever. And he doesn't have any lack of confidence. He believes that he can do everything that that six-year-old does. And it's quite interesting to watch it and, and fascinating. And you, okay. you don't want to be that person that squelches that confidence Exactly. And that's where I think we have a very important role as parents or grandparents. Watch how you impact the little ones, because this is the most critical stage, zero to six. It's where it all happens. Mm -hmm. Because if you go back to your traumas and your beliefs about what you think is capable, (laughs) what you are capable of doing, it all goes back to that time period. So be very careful, not just what you do and what you say, but how you behave, how you are. Because at that stage, kids are brilliant observers mm-hmm. because again it's part of the survival strategy they learn by observing others and they can read your energy so even if you're telling them i'm okay or this is how it is they can feel it in you they can see it in your face what you're not saying how you're mm-hmm. really feeling about it so this is another <laughs> reason for me like do your own work mm-hmm. heal your own stuff before you project it onto your kids because they will feel it and for them this will be the normal uh they will repeat your patterns yeah yeah so that kind of leads me to want you to talk a little bit about how yoga has helped in that respect Mm. to be able to control the stress Mm. 
for me, yoga is, is several things at once. It's just, it is the part where I make my body move, which I think we all need. And for that, you can find whatever works for you, whatever sport or physical activity. For me, it's yoga because I can do it at home. I don't need to go to the gym or, <laughs> or anywhere. But it is also the mindfulness aspect. And for me, mindfulness is about creating space and interrupting that autopilot that keeps talking in my head, that keeps judging situations or that keeps getting stressed or the to-do list in my head that never ends and just writing down more and more or checking it off. Mm -hmm. So yoga helps me interrupt that pattern and create space. And automatically that the fact that you're able to relax your nervous system it puts you in a much better place it gives you access to your neocortex to your logical brain actually and it gives you the chance to choose something better it make wiser decision not mm -hmm. the stressed out flight or fight or freeze but the the more logical more wise uh, decision so for me yoga is um is part of my life now I think it also allows you to have that space to be creative and innovative. Absolutely. That's the wise part. You, you connect with your intuition. You're able to hear it yeah. because it's the urgent things that shout. When you remove them, you start listening to that sometimes softer voice of your intuition. So you need to be able to create that space for that. Otherwise, it will get lost in the noise. Hmm. You touched on the Zen super mom and um, that's those emails and things that I get. I just love, even though I'm a past mom, a you're always a mom, even with 30 year olds and such, you're always a mom. And so talk about the interaction that you've had over the years now with these moms out there and how, what were things that surprised you and also what are ways that you think um, you things that you offer can help those moms that are stressed out or, or burnout or question daily their ability to be a, a good mom and, 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 and really give themselves permission to not be the perfect mom, but you know, that mom that really is molding that future generation. Yeah, I think they all need to hear that exactly what you just mentioned. So the intention behind building the Zen Supermom community was just to not to feel alone. Because I thought at the beginning, I thought I was doing something wrong and I felt alone in it. Like when I became a mom and I was really getting stressed because already before I was a workaholic, I wanted to have it all done. And now having a child and my my to-do list or my calendar being blown off like within a few seconds because suddenly she was sick or like her she was teething and I couldn't do what I wanted to do she was not sleeping at the time where she usually slept so <laughs> your calendar and all your wish list goes out of the window and I was getting stressed and I was getting angry I was getting resentful also which is terrible feeling for a mom because mm. you're giving your all but then you feel like I hate doing this and not having any time for myself so I thought I, there was something wrong with me because I was like, this is not what a great mom is supposed to feel like. What's wrong with me? I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> and I didn't know where to go to get help. <clears throat> Apart from the, the generic advice that you find everywhere, like, yeah, sleep when your baby sleeps and take some time for yourself. And I'm like, duh, but how do I do that? <laughs> so I just, 
at first I felt I felt it was just me being wrong. Then I started doing more and more research and I found out, well, actually I'm not alone. There are more moms <laughs> like this. <laughs> yes. And I started getting help. And then I started helping other moms do the same. And they were like, this is what, exactly what I needed. This is great. So um, I love having that community. Uh, I love being able to, um, to let moms feel like it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're, you are actually the best mom your kids could ever wish for already for being here and for doing your best and for looking for these answers on how to get better. So this is the most rewarding piece of, of what I do and, and why I wake up every morning with a smile, because I know it will, it will make a difference for somebody else. And I love that your message is that it's okay to ask for help, but so often, you know, we, we think that shows weakness, but truly having a community like you have, is the best way to keep your sanity as a new mom or as a grandmom. Yeah, and I love the quote, the bigger the dream, the bigger the team. You cannot do it alone. No. And if you think you can, then your goals or your dreams will have to shrink. Because in order to do it effectively, there's only so many hours and so much energy you have in the day. Yeah. So if you want to become an entrepreneur, if you want to jump the corporate ship or if you have just a like passion project that you want to do on the site, reaching out and working, collaborating with other people or getting the emotional support and, and telling, sharing your struggles with somebody else, with your friend or with somebody you found in some community, it will make the world of difference for you. It will free up all that energy that's being stuck right now. And that's the energy you need to use in order to get to the next level. So yeah, absolutely. Get help. Oh my goodness. This has been so great. I always end our time with some five rapid fire questions. So it's just uh, giving you five words and you tell me, um, what is your favorite of these and why? Okay. So just go. a fun way to end. So your first is your favorite child's book. Uh, you will not know what it is. <laughs> it, it, it was my child favorite because it was my, my, there was my name on it. <laughs> it was a series of stories that was called Alenka's like fairy tales. Yeah. Oh. Nothing, nothing too deep. Super, super. Okay. Favorite ice cream? Chocolate. Why? Because it's best. I just love the taste of chocolate. So put it in an ice cream. Is Otherwise, I don't like ice cream too much. But if it's chocolate, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, great. Your favorite destination? <gasps> oh, no. This is a tough one. Favorite destination for what? To live or to travel or... To to, let's do a vacation. If you had your ideal vacation. Vacation. I'll tell you a place I've never been, but I'd love to go, which is the Azorian Islands. Oh, tell I me about that. My husband used to live there for two <sighs> years and it just looks like a paradise. It's this volcano island with temperature that's stable throughout the year. It's like tropical paradise. It's like, oh, it sounds like a dream. <laughs> I know. That's I my, my beach is, is always on my list. All right. Your favorite music. <gasps> India Ari, it's like 
R&B soul. I don't know what kind of genre that is, but I love her songs because there's always a message as well. It's not just the music and the melody and the harmony and the like the professional craftsmanship of music, but it's the message, it's the philosophy behind as well. I love Indiari. And favorite food? <gasps> favorite food? <laughs> I don't have any. I'll disappoint you. <laughs> or if it's your go-to. So okay, your many. go-to. Your go-to if it's a busy day and y- you have only well, limited. That's, yeah, that's the thing. I'll go with whatever is easy and healthy and has as many veggies as possible. And then I just have some chocolate on top. To feel like <laughs> that's it. See, I knew I loved you. Oh, my goodness. Chocolate <laughs> is the best. All right. We, I'm going to share my screen because um, we have a free gift that you have. And, and also I wanted to share the contact information so people know how to reach you. So let me go to there and talk to us. Can you see my screen? Thank you. Yeah, perfect. It's all there. Yes. If you want to feel like you're not alone in this crazy mom journey or like just stressed woman, then it's the private Facebook group you should join. It's called Zen Supermom Cafe. And I'm going there live and we are just talking about everything. We cannot talk to anybody else. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) The Corporate Expat Mom YouTube channel is if you're a corporate expat mom and I'll be posting their live streams and and recorded videos. And it's just if you prefer watching rather than like reading stuff, then that's your place. LinkedIn is for professional purposes. So it's especially for the corporate moms. And I'll be going live every Friday noon, my Paris time. So it is 6 a.m. at the Easter Coast. But you can always watch the recordings. And then I have a gift. If you feel like what I shared here resonated with you, and if you've been looking actually on how to get unstuck in your crazy life patterns, and why is this happening to me? And where is my confidence? And what do you mean by peeling off those layers and getting to who I am? Then book a session with me. There's a link for a free consultation. It's 30 minutes. It's not salesy at all. I would offer to you uh, at the end of it to, to uh, if I see that we would be a good fit in working together, I would, we would talk about it. But if it's not, I'm not going to bother you with that. But what you will get 100% guarantee is new insights. I will help you reframe and find a new perspective and, and we will set up your next back steps <laughs> on how to get out of the rut where you are. So yeah, reach out, book your session. Awesome. So I'll just give a minute if you wanted to take a screenshot of this. We will be putting all this information in our marketing to um, be able to continue to share these Facebook and um, LinkedIn links in my various channels so that you can connect with Alina. And maybe if I may, I would just add my website address because that's where you can find the yes. free gift as a, as a button to click on it. So my website is alenagomezrodriguez.com. So it's my name, the entirety with S in the end because my husband is Brazilian. So it's not Spanish with Z, but S. alenagomezrodriguez.com. And that's where you can find the link for booking the free session and all the other links as well. And you see her name right under her beautiful picture right there on the screen. So for those of you that are watching the video, you can definitely use that to get the spelling right. But again, we want to just take a moment and thank Elena for wonderful insights this morning. 
and uh, for you, if this is uh, something you're watching in a replay this evening or whatever part of the day, it has been just such a joy. You shared so many tips. You were insightful. You were funny. You really talked to the audience about real life and how to cope with it. So I want everyone to make sure that you do go to her website. Again, it's elenagomezrodriguez.com. Check out our Facebook page, subscribe to her YouTube. I think you as I will find that every time you visit with Elena, it is insightful, it is entertaining, and it will help your day be just a little bit better. Um, I do want to also just do a plug for myself. I um, will share my screen just one more time. And I have a book that is coming out or will already be out. And it is called Unstoppable, Being Fierce, Fearless, and Unfuckwithable in Life and Business. Yes, uh, the author is Rochelle Marie Lawson. And I am Chapter 5, talking about leadership and confidence, helping you to be a 21st century leader because it's not the way you used to do it. (laughs) And we need to all be aware. So thank you so much for being my guest. We'll be talking soon, I'm sure. I can't wait for your next summit. And whenever anyone is checking out her website, just be sure to look for those announcements of future summits. The Zen Supermom Summit is a great way for you to connect, not just with Elena, but the wonderful guests that she always brings on. So thanks so much. Thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.